This is the Coffee Commune podcast, where the coffee community comes to collaborate, showcasing today another of our Coffee Commune members. Enjoy. Welcome to the Coffee Commune podcast. My name is Janice Elsley. I'm the General Manager of Partnerships, People and Brand. I'm here today with Jamie Wilson, the founder of CryptoLock Technology Group. Welcome, Jamie. Jamie, awesome to have you in the studio today. Thank you, Janice. Looking forward to it. So tell me, um, obviously I know a little bit about CryptoLock, so you're the founder. I am really keen to hear um, what is CryptoLock? CryptoLock is a cybersecurity organisation where we focus on protecting data. So for us, it's all about the data and ensuring that um, the cyber criminals don't gain access to that sensitive information. Okay. So Jamie, tell me, for small business, what's what cyber attack are they likely to face? Janice, these days, it's so easy for cyber criminals to be able to gain access um, to information because there's such a large price tag on that material. So that, you know, you probably hear the saying that um, data is the new oil. And the reason for it is that because you can on-sell data several times, not just once. So you, we, we see the cyber attacks in, in regards to ransomware, to small business. Before you know it, not only do the cyber criminals gain access by paying um, information to you, um, but also, secondly, they'll turn around and send it on the black web should you not turn around and pay that ransomware value. Wow. Jamie, that's, um, that's really scary, isn't it? Now, tell me, Jamie, I'm sure we had a conversation not that long ago. Now, this only recently happened, didn't it? Yes. Yeah. So how much are companies paying to get their data back? Janice, it depends. I mean, some of them, you know, large end of town, uh, we've, we've seen $60 million where they've been hit by ransomware. On average, I think it's around about 176000 US on average cyber attack. But it's not just the actual data that they've lost and being costly, but it's actually the lost time as well. For example, like JBS, when JBS was hit with that cyber attack, they were down for many days. Employees were actually staying, the, you know, they stood them down to stay at home, but then they had to pay the $14 million US to the ransomware. But what about all those days of down that they weren't able to have production yeah. purely because they, they didn't have the systems to be able to do it? Far out. That's, um, that's pretty scary, isn't it? So what I want to know from you is when we're talking about small business, what is a cyber attack or what type of cyber attack are they likely to face as a small business? Janice, great question. As you can see, there's a huge amount of phishing emails. And what's happening is that, unfortunately, within a small organisation, they don't have the talent of having a CISO, a Chief Information Security Officer, or someone with that sort of talent to oversee, you know, the cyber security on a full-time basis. What happens is they come through, they send an email out to a client. Before you know it, they open up the link saying, here's an invoice that needs to be paid. And then they start encrypting your whole system, your databases, the whole lot. And then they request, you know, um, a dollar value to be able to unlock it. The one that I do see that's really escalating is organisations sending invoices out and cyber criminals are gaining access to them because they've been sitting in the system and changing those bank account details so that the money has been sent to an incorrect account, then they send it offshore and then before you know it, both parties are out of pocket because the supplier doesn't get paid. You as an organisation think that you've actually paid the invoice and it hasn't been done. And I can't 
say how many times it actually happens, even just here in Brisbane alone. So that there is definitely on the increase. So, Jamie, that's really interesting. And I mean, obviously, there's so many small businesses and this would be happening to every single day. What can these small businesses do? What can CryptoLock do to actually help support them? Mm. I mean, your solution is definitely something that's going to help, um, you know, ensure that this doesn't happen in the future. So can you can you tell the listeners yeah. a little bit about what they can do yeah, sure. to try and mitigate so that? So CryptoLock, what we've done is I've put the users or organisations back in control of their data. So... If you have a look at last decade, you know, the large cloud providers, the um, Facebook and social medias of the world, you know, the Googles, the Dropbox and and alike, it was all about running algorithms over top of the data and the information, being able to unsell it. And then, you know, especially from a marketing and um, campaign, et cetera, it's targeting that audience. Now, since the Cambridge Analytica story that came out uh, like a couple of years ago through Facebook, et cetera, we've understood how powerful data is. Now, the only one way to be totally in control of it is by you having access and encrypted files without the cloud provider having access to it. So currently today with CryptoLock, what we've done is we put the user back in control of their data and information. CryptoLock is a cloud provider. And then we use a third party being an escrow agent. So that should the user lose access, they can regain access by the escrow agent and also CryptoLock working together so that the user can gain access to it. What this enables is that because we encrypt each and every file uniquely, so no two files are the same, and that's where our patents is on a global stage, when you share information, you haven't got the fear of a middleman attack. So not only is it a storage for every day, where you can store all your you know, policies, procedures, accounts, financials, whatever it may be, and be able to share and give permission controls for your employees to gain access. But it allows you to send information to a third party outside the organisation and know that it does get to that destination without the fear of a you know, cyber criminal gaining access to it. Wow, Jamie, that's... Um that's pretty exciting, isn't it? And I suppose there's a, probably a whole lot of people out there that don't realise how easy and this, this solution is quite simple and people just aren't. I get it though. I think that the challenge we face in the cyber security industry is that we've been inundated with a whole lot of solutions. So I feel sorry for a lot of small business. I know my background, I was an accountant before coming into cyber security. Now it's taken me 10 years journey to get to where we are today. Now over that 10 year period, knowledge that I've gained has been extraordinary, but on a global stage. Now, I work with it and I live and I breathe it. And I tell people it should be led by government and large enterprise to make sure that we're secured as small business. So if I was going to go and have a heart attack, I can tell you now, I would want to make sure that my cardiologist was, that's where his focus was, not on cybersecurity. So I, I suppose it's no different to first aid. Everyone, you know, should go and do first aid. But how many times or even if you have a look in your office, how many people actually keep up their certification? Yeah. Very rare. Yeah. No, you've, you've really raised some good points. Now, I want to just tap on that uh, when you just talked about government. So, Jamie, recently I read the government proposed bringing in laws that would bring directors of a company that would actually make them liable for cyber attacks. What does that actually mean for directors and what do they need to consider to protect their business? So if this legislation comes through, um, you know, what what does that actually mean for directors? Because there's a lot of directors out there. So I'm really keen just for you to tell the listeners what that actually means. 
genocide really is concerning because we know from the Senate report that came out that government is terrible even looking after their own encryption and security. We understand on a global stage that how many attacks, I mean, you have a look at this year, we had the Exalion, for example, that was breached and went through the whole of government as well. So now we're going to say, you know what, as um, directors of small to medium enterprise, especially small end, and we know that's the backbone of the economy here, we're going to make directors liable for your cyber hygiene. I think it's going to be fought with challenges purely because people don't understand or don't know where to go. It's like my analogy with the doctor, for example, or the surgeon. I think the government need to give the tools for small SMEs to be able to work with. I get what they're trying to do. It's like health and safety back in the day. 20 years ago, health and safety was a major issue and we had didn't worry about scaffolding and people falling off ladders and everything like that. Okay, but it did take a 20-year journey. Today, I think cybersecurity, we're going through that stage. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. And I think we really do need to get cybersecurity exactly where we're at with workplace health and safety. You know, it does have to be mandatory and people really need to start to listen because, I mean, the, the data is at the helm of everything. Absolutely. So, Jamie, can you tell me what's next for CryptoLock? Right now, we're in growth stage. So for us, it's all about taking it to market, really strengthening it, making it a home brand. Um, We've been dealing with resellers and we've got a good team around us and integrators as well. We want to make sure that with that, um, I suppose, home name, that when people want to secure their data, information, that, oh, just crypto lock it. You know, you want to become that home brand that anyone from an individual a small to medium enterprise, to government, large end of town, have the ability to be able to protect that data. Absolutely. Now, Jamie, can you tell me what problems does your business solve? We solve the problem of once you get hit with ransomware, if your antivirus, if your VPNs are breached, if your passwords are breached, if your monitoring systems, all of that is perimeter. You know, it's like, think of a a two-storey house. Everyone worries and goes, you know what, I'm going to make sure my home's secure. We're going to have CCTV up there. We're going to turn around and put a six-foot fence around our home and we're going to put a couple of vicious guard dogs. No one will be able to get in. But unfortunately, like the VPNs, the antivirus, the firewalls, etc., they forget. The individuals inside the home, all they've got to do is open up an email. Before you know it, no matter how all that perimeter controls is, they've gained access to the jewels of the organisation and, in this case, the actual house. So people forget if you can turn around and encrypt that data as what CryptoLock focuses and their number one focus is that you're able to recover. So if you find that this activity within the home, that you have one weak employee that um, has opened up a phishing email, you're able to identify it, be able to ensure that those files aren't leaked to the market and you can roll back live without the fear of loss of data and knowing when did they penetrate the organisation. So really, Jamie, CryptoLock is both a business and personal solution, isn't it? It is, yes. So can you maybe talk to me a little bit more about, um, you know, how easy it is to use it from a personal perspective? Is it, yeah. is it quite easy? I'm not that great with technology. So for someone that's um, not fantastic, will it be, would it be easy for me to be able to pick it up and run with it from a personal perspective? Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it's just human nature. We don't like change. I totally get it. With security, it's always been a challenge to make it easy for individuals to be able to use without having a tech background. Um, I'm probably, you know, for me, I started my journey as an accountant. 
And then it was in 2010 when I lost my father to pancreatic cancer and I was trying to find the will, the life insurance, all those important documents you need in the event of losing a loved one. And I thought, geez, if Dad wasn't alive, we never would have found those information. And then I thought, what happens if I drop dead? Would my children know where my information is and what they're entitled to? And I was looking for a virtual vault, a highly secured virtual uh, vault, which was in the cloud, and that no one can gain access in, unless in the event of death or incapacitation. That was the two purposes and the reasons why I did it. And I couldn't believe there was nothing on a global stage. And this is where we are today. So wow. from a cybersecurity lens, I've taken it from a different approach, where it's more about we didn't have to share with the rest of the world of what we ha- what I have and what I don't have. But also the clients, instead of their strategy sitting in a filing cabinet, that they were shared that information and that just didn't go, you know, get ripped up. Wow, Jamie, that's a pretty um, amazing story. And I suppose it really um, hits each and every one of us out there, doesn't it? I mean, you know, we'll all have wills, we'll all have, um, you know, health things that we need to be able to make sure secure. So um, so thank you. Um, now, Jamie, business goals for the future for crypto lock. What does that look like? Yep, yep. So right now, a lot of focus is actually in the US. So as much as we're doing here in Australia, with actually building with the resellers, getting the name out, building that real strong community as well with the CryptoLock brand, I really want to make sure that we're in a strong position. We keep in front of that wave. We have the right expertise. We'd work with universities around the world. We bring those, um, you know, that talent from that young generation. Because at the end of the day, we know that business, it only has so much time in the sun. And unless you turn around and bring in that youth, that um, different way of thinking, you're going to be left behind. So obviously there's a lot going on out there about um, cybersecurity at the moment. My real question to you is what is the real risk to small business and me as an individual? Janice, let me tell you a story about it. We have a family member that owned, which was running his own hairdressing salon, Now, he was hit with a cyber attack. Now, a hairdresser. But no one worries about the effects and the emotional damage it actually does after having been hit with a cyber attack. So, James, we we will be telling his story later on. Uh, But what happened is he was hit uh, with a cyber attack. They closed down his old business. He had no contacts, information, etc. because they held him to ransomware. He changed his name, domain names, etc., and guess what? They did it again. And he lost all confidence from his clients because it was a matter of going, well, hang on, if you can't look after my information, why should I be coming to you? He got so paranoid that family members actually thought he was on drugs. It wasn't. He wasn't on drugs at all. He would go, he'd hide, he'd get his devices, he'd actually put them in fires, things like that, purely because he just didn't know what to do because they gained access to these bank accounts. Um, you know, as I said, he's, you know, set up the another business name. They did exactly the same. Now, he's had to come back to Australia and we brought him back home. Um, but that there is a true example from a hairdresser, a salon, where they people, you wouldn't think of a cyber attack would affect them. Well, the reality is it, they did. And um, he's not the first one. I've actually seen a second one. Now, they were head of one of our major banks here in Australia. Individually, he was targeted. Now, the AFP were brought in, the QPS, etc., and they said, well, how do we stop this attack keep on going on? And they said, well, we don't know. We don't know what to do. Now, that gentleman, every time he closed his bank account, 
Before you know it, he had another bank account open up in his own name. So his identity was was um, stolen. But not only that, what about his credit rating as well? So loans were getting in his name. You know, people don't realise um, information such as passports, driver's licence, if you're going to email them out, you're basically opening that up to the whole world to be able to steal all that information. And it's very extremely difficult to be able to get your information back. And he's another example of he wanted to commit suicide over that attack. Now, he was like working with a large corporate, but he individually got done. So I think, you know, people need to be more careful. I understand that we use a lot of other cloud solutions out there because of the ease of them. Totally get it. But until you get a cyber attack, and, it, and it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when, you'll start realising that you need to protect your data and all that information. People are happy for you to go and have your photos and, and put it on social media and everything like that. But when your identity gets stolen and you're trying to go and get credit and then you've got people turning up on your doorstep knocking because you've got this loan and you're not making repayments or you know your world comes tumbling down, that's when it becomes real. That's um that's pretty scary, Jamie. It's not probably until you've explained it that way that I truly understand. Um, you know that those mm. types of things are happening out there to real people every day, and obviously businesses. So well, um. Well, we had our first death in regards to cybersecurity last year from hit by ransomware, and that was over in the UK. Now that was a hospital. There was a patient that needed urgent attention. They rocked up to the hospital. Unfortunately, they were under a, under attack. Um, they couldn't turn around and onboard her. They could not bring her in and treat her as a patient because they didn't have any systems. They had to put her back in the ambulance, go 20 miles down the road. By that stage, it was too late. So, and I can't, I mean, we've seen the Wesley. Um, what what well, just, with the um, Wesley? Uniting just... Church that was held to ransomware only recently. Okay. And what um, happened? Can you, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, it was through a, well, there's many ways you're able to penetrate a system. So the details aren't um, out in the public of what actually happened and where the actual breach was. But um, during that stage, the St Andrews and the Wesley hospitals, uh, Wesley, sorry, um, you physically had were taking notes and things like that. They even asked their employees to go and pay for certain things and they'll reimburse them on their credit card. You know, you've got major organisations, not just individuals, where this is actually causing problems. But it's definitely the health and the emotional effects that after is what I see, which is really, really scary. No, it definitely is. It's really, really scary just even hearing that from you, Jamie. In closing, can you tell me what are the top two or three things that we can do as small businesses or as individuals to really help protect our data right now? Yeah, sure. Okay, so definitely with receiving emails that are coming through, do not just go clicking happily uh, over top of them. Make sure you know the recipient and that you're waiting for that email to come. Um, Secondly, when you do receive a supplier's invoice, make sure that you check those bank account details. Don't just go and pay and then all of a sudden find out that a middleman attack or cyber criminals gain access to it and the money's gone offshore. Um, Some individuals, you know, your mobile devices. Now, there's always updates coming through and I know it may sound a pain to, you know, spend the time to update it. You need to turn around and update every time that your device requests you to update it. 
For the small business and you're working with an IT organisation, make sure that the patching is always up to date as well. You know, I realise we're all busy, but I can tell you now, once you get a cyber attack, you're going to be regret of being down for all that time and all that money and loss of face to the business. Where can people find information about CryptoLock? So if I want to use it as a personal user, where do I yeah. go? How do I do it? If my business wants to use it, where do people go to find out more about CryptoLock? Yeah, Janice, it um, would be straight to our website, CryptoLock.com. We have a lot of resource. We've um, spent the last 12 months having a look at the brand and making sure that our messaging and we've even got focus groups involved. But definitely if you go to our website, you have a look under resource. There's a whole lot of YouTube videos. It will actually explain from a personal user, also to a business user, all the different functionalities, the ability to be able to send information to third parties um, who aren't CryptoLock users. So it does take you step by step all the way through. So that's probably the first step I would go to have a look at it, and even the videos that we've actually done as well, which will give a little bit more understanding of the cybersecurity, what's happening on a global stage. Thank you. Um, thank you, Jamie. And obviously our listeners can go to www.cryptolock.com to obviously engage with you guys and have a chat about a solution that will fit their personal and their business needs. More than happy. Thank you for listening to the Coffee Commune podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate this show wherever you're listening.